With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, welcome into the Sink of Youth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. I'm I I'm so looking forward to uh this week. I'm I'm curious to see how your conversation with Aaron Rodgers goes. You're doing the Green Bay Ooh. Packers this week. Yeah, I've got the Packers Aaron, and the uh, Bears this yeah, week. Aaron and Rodgers. What's it, his future hold? Everything like that? Yeah, it should be it should be good. It's been it's been a obviously it's been a disappointing year for them after three years in a row of thirteen and three. Um I am interested to see how he's handling that and uh, you know, the broken thumb and the rib injury and um, and just, you know, expectations. And obviously the other thing is, you know, what's the future hold? I mean, you know that they've drafted Jordan Love for a reason. He was out of uh, Utah State, I think. They drafted him for a reason. Um, the Packers transitioned from Favre to Rodgers. Uh, any coral, uh, any, any, cor- uh, any, how do you say that word? I was gonna, Correlation? Correlation, yeah. I want to say corollels, but that's not right. Uh, cor- mean, you're you're combining correlation with, with parallels. parallels. Yeah, that's what that's corollels. <laughs> I'll throw that one on Aaron Rodgers. There see if he go. see if his Jeopardy ass brain can figure <laughs> that out. Correlels. Correlels is a parallel with a correlation. That's right. It's a correlel. <laughs> I love it. Anyhow, uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see like if he sees parallels between. You know, what happened to, to Favre and, and his practice? I know he's talked about, I saw his press conference yesterday about the practice and the way that Jordan Love is is improved. And, you know, going back to a game last week or last year that I watched where Jordan Love played against Kansas City, and he was really bad. I mean, really bad in that game, um, especially with pressure. And, you know, ultimately he threw the ball really well last week when he got into the end of that Philadelphia game when Rodgers went out with that rib injury. So it'll be really – it'll be an interesting conversation today with Aaron. You know, when you talk about the future of guys like Aaron Rodgers, I can't help but look at what's going on in San Francisco right now. Mm-hmm. You got a team – I know you're very high on the 49ers, and you think this is a team that could be, could be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But – Will they find that they keep running into a ceiling, a Jimmy Garoppolo ceiling? And the feeling being that we have a team that's ready to win at all, but we just can't get there with Jimmy. And might the 49ers say, look, we're in win now mode. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Bay Area. Tom Brady, a free agent after this year, coming back to the Bay Area. What about it? Yeah. That I mean, that's really interesting. If if Green Bay decides, hey, listen, we need to move on, but they just signed it, right? Didn't they sign him to a three year, hundred and fifty million dollar contract? Um, so I don't know all the ramifications, the salary cap ramifications and things of that nature. Um, but Tom Brady's an unrestricted free agent. What's your gut tell you about Tom Brady? What's your gut 
tell you about does he still have that desire to play another year or two or you know would he be okay walking away and and joining the Fox broadcast team like where where, where do you think let me Tom ask Brady you this is? do you okay. think he can still play at a high level absolutely then I think he still wants to play I think he still wants to play because I'm not don't tell don't don't flood our inbox by saying I'm being crass okay, okay? I'm just being honest okay okay in many respects, the one impediment uh-huh. that would keep him right. from continuing to play doesn't exist anymore. He's not married to Giselle. Yeah, they that, divorced. Yeah, that wart. That I mean, he got rid of that wart. Put some compound W on it. Lance now, that Boyle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I can go out and do what I've been meaning oh, to do. Well, is there, is there something to that? The 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 person. The part of your life that was maybe the the biggest um, driving force to get you to stop playing, in in theory, doesn't yeah doesn't exist anymore. So if you want to keep playing, nothing's stopping you. You know, I think one thing about Tom Brady that, and I don't even think this is I don't think this is ego. I, I think this year has been hard on him. Like and. Of course it would be. You're divorced, you know. Now you got to figure out separation of you and and your kids and your wife, and then the finances and and, and you know and, and they'll be fine. But like that's there's a lot that goes into that, and you've seen like you can see in his face the toll it's taken. Um, that's that's real. But I will say this about Tom Brady: like that dude is the greatest that's ever played. Um, and he loves playing, and I think the locker room is the last bastion of of who Tom Brady truly is, who he was leaving high school and going to Michigan, and you know when he first started playing for the Patriots and the four string quarterback and all that stuff. It's the only place he can be himself. Everywhere else, there's a standard that he has of being this superstar celebrity quarterback and in the locker room he's a dude and that's one thing that you know when I've done a bunch of Tampa games and I've talked to his teammates and his former teammates they'll all tell you man that he's a dude he's just a guy in the locker room and there is that there is that like there is that sanctuary that is the field and that is football and that locker room and I think it's the only place that that he really is him like that there's that keeps your sanity I think to a degree um you know all the goofing around and all the smack talking and all the like that stuff is fun and if he walks away from that like where do you find that seriously like that's a that's a that becomes such a part of who you are like where do you find that and there's a part of me that just feels like, yeah, he's gonna he's if if he walks away this year at the end of the year and says, Man, I'm still playing really good, and he is, then why would I why would I stop? How about a return to New England? That's um started to percolate a little bit. The idea of that of that possibility. That that apparently the relationship between him and Belichick that um there there's been maybe a little bit of a thawing since mm-hmm. the, the breakup a, a few years ago and that Belichick has been uh, 
very, um, for, for, for Belichick, very effusive in talking about Tom and mm-hmm. how much he respects Tom. And it's not just we're on to Cincinnati with Belichick when he talks about Bel- about Brady. And Brady has responded by saying, hey, I've learned so much from him. It, it seems like there's the, the mutual admiration society between the two of them is, is, has been restored. Right. Would that lead to them reunited on the on the football field? I I I don't think there's any reason why it couldn't. Um, if he wants to continue to play, if he wants to continue to play, and and obviously you know you've got somebody you drafted in the first round and Squishy Mac, but I mean if you're Squishy, wouldn't you love to to sit in that room and learn from Tom Brady? I mean, don't, don't you think? I mean, you want to play, I get it, but come on, it's Tom freaking Brady. Serve a one-year apprenticeship? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that would be the worst thing for your career. I mean, it'd only be year three yeah. for him. So, yeah, I think that that, I mean, I think that's feasible. I don't know that that will happen, but I definitely think it's feasible. And I certainly, you know, look at Brady and think, hey, does he still want to play? I don't doubt that he does. Uh, he had talked about playing until he was 50. And what is he now, 45, 46? 45. 45? I didn't know. <laughs> Come on. I, I Come celebrated. On. I had a birthday cake. I blew out the candles and everything. <laughs> That's right. It's August yeah, birthday. Yeah. You um, had your shirt off at the yeah, time, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I could I mean, I could see I could see him doing that. While we're talking about the, the future down the road for guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, the future is now now. Deshaun Watson. Wow. He's back. Yeah. And he's back playing his first game in Houston with apparently a luxury suite full of his some of his accusers. Really? Yeah. That wow. uh, there's going to be a suite with some 10 of the the women who accused him. So, did they get the suite or did he get it for them? Or did Houston Give it to him. No, the um, attorney oh, got the, it for him. Really? Got it. Ooh, they're awkward. <laughs> Man, that's... How do you think that's going to work out? Well, first off... First he, of all, just him, him right. having he not hasn't, played in a while. He hasn't played a game since January of 2021, a playoff game, in January of 2021. So that means this is one full season away and 11 games away. So that that's a... I mean that's a that's like almost two full years away. Now he's had some he has had some practice, although Houston basically kept him from practicing. So he practiced with Cleveland in the preseason before he started serving his suspension. And I think he got to come back a couple of weeks ago and start working. So there's no there's no doubt that he's a very skilled player. So let's just get that out of the way. He's a very skilled player. Um there's gotta be some rust in his game. And there's got to be an uncomfortable nature running back into Houston. Um, what kind of reception are you going to get as the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? I don't know. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't think you should ever play again. Um, and I get that. And, and, you know, ultimately I'm probably one of those people. But the bottom line is whatever they decided and whatever t- time he served, he served it. And, um, and now he's going to get a chance to play. And I promise you this, if he plays well, you know, eventually people will soften toward him. And 
eventually, you know, there will always be the hardcore stance people, and, and I understand that. But there will be people that will soften toward him and say, hey, man, he served his debt, and, you know, and now he's doing his thing. And as long as he's throwing three touchdowns and 300 yards, they'll be like, woohoo, there's my quarterback. So that's the way it goes. But it's it, it feels like it's going to be awkward. Feels like it'll be awkward in Houston. Must see TV, though. Tell you that. Definitely. Uh, Let's get some of the matchups this weekend. Okay. Jets. Are they at a point now where they ride or die with Mike White or go back to Zach Wilson? Because he is the future. mm. So I'm doing a game in Washington last week. And, you know, you you get all these clips from all these articles and, and Jonathan Allen had said that something Nick Saban always said is the coaching staff doesn't choose the quarterback, the team does. Team chooses the quarterback. And you look in Washington, Heineke versus Wentz. In every statistical category, Wentz is better. Better completion percentage. More yards. Like more yards per game. Um, You know, a a better touchdown-interception ratio. Even run the ball for more yardage. Every t- statistic, this is where numbers lie. But guess what? Guys believe and they rally toward Heineke. And he's got a relationship and a connection with Terry McLaurin. And therefore, the team is chosen. Ron Rivera didn't have to choose. The team chose. And they chose Heineke. And it shows in the way they're playing. Now 7-5 and five, and they've won, uh, what, 5 of the last 6 or 6 of the last 7, something like that. Like, they're... They're legit, Mike, and they chose that. And so, I can't remember the question. What was the question? Where were we Who at? do you go with if you're the yeah. Jets? Oh, yeah, if you're the Jets. So, getting back to the Jets, man, there was, there was a celebration with the Jets playing Chicago last week that I have not – there was an excitement, an exuberance, a believability – um, with that quarterback that has not existed because Zach Wilson doesn't get it. One, he's not performing. Two, he doesn't get it. And you, it was it, now it was a sheeting rainstorm. I think Zach Wilson's thrown four touchdowns on the season. Mike White came in through for three hundred yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. It was twenty two of twenty eight. And dude, there's a believability there, and the Jets are like, we finally found somebody. They can help win us games. And they're running the ball and they're doing all that, playing really good defense. But they, like, that was a close game through the first half. It was like a 10 10 ball game. I mean, the Chicago Bears were moving the ball, they were running the ball. But eventually, Mike White just made some plays in a sheeting rainstorm in, you know, in New York. And he was, he was phenomenal. And so I, I look at it like, hey, youngster, you're going to have to sit back and learn how to play quarterback. But more importantly, you're going to have to sit back and grow up. You, you you gotta learn what it is to play quarterback in this league. And that is when you have success, you gotta dish it. You gotta be like a, a great point guard. Success means I gotta dish all the accolades to my teammates. And when you guys don't have success, you gotta accept one hundred percent of the grief. That's that's quarterbacking one on one. And when they come on to you, they come to you in the podium where your offense puts up three points and you lose a game to the New England Patriots on a punt return. And they say, man, do you feel like we let the defense down who only gave it three points? And you go, no, I don't. Like, it, you could just see, you could see that, you could see the love, admiration, respect 
that those players had for Mike White, a fifth-round draft choice by the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, not by the New York Jets. Like They respect that. And one thing about being a player in this league, when you're a first-rounder, golden child, you get paid, dude, players in that locker room scrutinize. They're, they're watching you to see how you react. When you're a fifth-rounder that comes from nowhere, they want you to have success. They're skeptical with first-rounders. With fifth-rounders, they're not skeptical because ultimately you're not you're not expected to do anything. So when you exceed expectation, everybody loves you. Like, they love Mike White. They put up with Zach Wilson. So it's Jets-Vikings. It's funny, a couple of weeks ago when the Vikings were 7-2, and two, the analytics were out there that, well, the Vikings are the uh, worst 7-2 team ever. Then they were the worst 8-2 and two team ever. Mm. Now they're 9-2. and two. At some point, do we have to start taking them seriously? They, I watched them play Thanksgiving night against the Patriots. Kirk Cousins looked great. Yeah, he's played he's played really well. And I've done three Vikings games this year. And they've won them all, three-point, you know, or, or single-score games. But I, I will tell you, offensively, I think they're a really – I think they're a really first-class team. I mean, obviously, from a receiving standpoint, Mike, they've got – I mean, they've got Justin Jefferson, who arguably one of, if not the best – receiver in football the guy's phenomenal Adam Thielen is a great complimentary receiver to them and, and is explosive and had huge years in the past um they've got uh they've got KJ Osborne who's a really good player they've got some some tight ends that can play they went out and got TJ Hawkinson like offensively and, and their whole line has stayed together the whole season uh, I you know the last time I checked I don't I don't know that any of those guys has missed a start so They've got continuity on that side of the ball. They're going to be competitive on that side of the ball for the most part. Defensively, um, new system, new philosophy, um, kind of a bend it but don't break philosophy. Um, haven't been good once you get into the red zone. But, like, it, it is one of those kind of works in progress there. And I think they've got – I think they've got really good players. They've got great edge players in, in Smith off one edge and Hunter off the other edge. Good inside linebacking core with Hicks and with uh, uh, Kendrickson. So you know they've got they've got outstanding players all over the place. So yeah, I, like I think they're legit. You know, a every now and again you're gonna have one of those games where you get where you get beat down. That happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, go through Super Bowl through the history of the Super Bowl. You'll see a stinker or two along the you know along the way. Um, but they're a really good team. So, another bullseye on our back game for the Chiefs. They go into Cincinnati to play the Bengals. When you look, if you if you look at the AFC right now and you just put the Chiefs as the team to beat, tell me which team you think represents the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Is it the Bills, the Bengals, or the Dolphins? Mm. It's a really good question. Um I think ultimately it it'd be the Dolphins. I don't I think Cincinnati beat them twice last year. And I don't think Cincinnati fears them and I think Cincinnati is starting to trend in the right direction. I think they're fixing some of their old line problems. The one thing that nobody gives credit to is Cincinnati's defense is really they they went out in free agency and in the draft and they really they really hit on all the guys that they chose. And so they've been really good on the defensive side of the ball from from that standpoint. They've got good continuity and um and 
I think they're starting to get healthy again. I, I don't know if Jamar Chase is back this week or not, but it looks like he was trending that way. So they, I, I think they don't necessarily fear playing Kansas City. Um, this feels like a game where Kansas City's about ready to open a can of whoop ass, though. Like, like last week, they knew they were going to beat the Rams. So last week was one of those things. You know, I played on really good teams before where you go into a game where the, the team that you're playing can't hold your jock. And you're like, hey, man, we're going to go vanilla this week. We're running our base stuff, day one installation stuff. We'll window dress it a little bit to disguise it to some degree, but we ain't showing anybody anything. I think that was last week for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're not going to show you anything. This week feels like a week where we're going to let you know kind of who we are a little bit. And that's what it feels like to me. But I think the one thing about Kansas City, like Tennessee's always played them tight, Mike. But, you know, the philosophy is, hey, possess the ball, control the clock, don't let that offense get on. And they get on the, the they get on and, and, you know, they get on the field and bam, they, they hit you with a three play touchdown drive, you know? I think Miami's the one team that can go toe to toe on uh, quick scoring drives with them. Like they've got that kind of explosiveness as an offense, both in the run game and in the passing game, to all of a sudden go, oh, really? You, you guys want to go? toe-to-toe score for score, we can do that too. And maybe we can slow this game down a little bit and do that as well. So I think Miami is the one team that intrigues me most of all when it comes to competing with the Kansas City Chiefs. So Buffalo lacking what? Right now, Buffalo's, Buffalo could be that team too. Uh, I just I think they have had, just they've had issues of late. They haven't looked sharp. They haven't. You know, Josh Allen's throwing picks in the red zone. They just haven't looked completely in sync. There's just, and I don't know what it is that's missing. Um, maybe you get into cold weather and you don't have that kind of two tight ends, fullback, grind it out ability, which I think is an important part come playoff time to be able to kind of to get big and to say, hey, we're going to lean on you for a little bit. I think that's an important aspect of a football team unless you're just so freaking skilled that it doesn't matter. But I, I always think that the physicality part of it matters. Because at, at some point, if you just throw it all over the football field, that's great. But you don't really wear people out. You don't wear out a pass rush. You don't wear out guys. When you have to defend, like like the Eagles the other night, when you have to defend that run game with those big bodies leaning on your ass, that's that's exhausting. It's exhausting. And toward the end of that game, man, they couldn't. I mean, that was like poop through a goose. Like that, Green Bay couldn't stop anything. You love the way the Eagles play. <sighs> they're, That's they're, football porn for you. It is. It is film porn. Yeah, it is really what they do in the running game to people with their quarterback run, with their like all the all the different stuff. They spread. They spread you out and. You're getting three wides formations and spread your defense thin and then just bludgeon your ass in the running. I mean, bludgeon you in the running game. And their guys are big and physical and athletic, so you can't you know, you can't get small and out athlete them. And you can't go big in that spread. It you can't get off blocks because they're so strong. They're they're a unique they're a really unique group, and I would I would definitely say they're the best combination. They're the best offensive line in football. Are we seeing a shift, Mark, when it comes to uh, what teams are going to be looking for in quarterbacks? When you see the success of Jalen Hurts running quarterback, mm-hmm. 
Lamar Jackson, running quarterback. Josh Allen, running quarterback. Even Justin Fields coming on right. of late, running quarterback. Yeah. With the idea that, look, we're, we, we've got a weapon here with this quarterback's ability to run, and we're not going to squelch that. We're going we're gonna to call design runs. Our, our quarterback is going to be running the ball 10, 12, 15 times a game, which you would think is something you'd be very hesitant to do because of the injury possibility. But are we seeing a shift where teams are like, this is just too much of a weapon to not use, and yeah, maybe it might affect the longevity of that quarterback, but hey, for, for what we have going right now, we can't turn down right. what these guys can do. I think what I think it does a couple things for you, Mike. One, you always hope that you can develop like Jalen Hurts has developed into a guy that that with their run game and with everything else, there's enough drop back. And you may only drop back 10, 11 times a game. You know, probably not even that. Maybe straight five times a game where you're dropping back. So, you know, there's the, there's the run action aspect of play action, right? Then there's the play pass, which is flagging that ball out like it's, like it's a run, but you're keeping a tight end and a running back in. So you're keeping seven guys in protection. So you're running, you know, seven guys, and you do the math, you're running three-man routes with your quarterback back there. But you're going to protect him, and it's going to be our three, you know, our three eligibles against your seven defenders. Okay, that's the numbers game you're playing. And you're hoping that because of the time that you're going to extend, you're going to be able to find a guy that's going to get open in in an area that you can, you know, deliver the ball down the football field. That's kind of – the theory behind that. But straight drop back where you're trying to get four or five into the pattern, like he doesn't have to do a lot of that. So what these running quarterbacks, what what they give you is they give you time. They give you time while they're young to develop them as passers while still giving the defense a lot of tough things to have to defend. But you're seeing, though, um, with with even with Hertz, his rushing attempts are going up as the season uh, is is going along. So like you look at the 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 first two weeks of the season, he ran it seventeen and sixteen times. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it kind of died down. But in the last four weeks, working backwards, he's gone seventeen, eleven, nine, sixteen, fifteen, nine. Right. So you know this this is with a with a guy that has developed and is becoming a better passer, but it's just, it's, it's too attractive of a weapon to, to not use. Well, what you have to understand too, is because he's got that ability, you've also has have to understand, okay, how many of those are designed runs? How many of them are scrambles? How many of them are RPO runs? So, you know, you've got that ability to throw the football, but all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't like that matchup and I'm wide open on the edge. So there's a lot of that stuff that you kind of have to kind of balance out and weigh out. And the the cool thing is, is if it's not, you know, quarterback counter, which he runs some quarterback counter or power, whatever you want to want to call it. Right. And and that's one where he's got to be careful about protecting himself, not taking a big shot. But a lot of this stuff is on the edge a lot. The other night against Green Bay, just a couple of QB draws where, you know, they're spreading you out. They're running, 
you know, four verticals. They're 5-0 protection. And the center is just up on the middle linebacker. They're getting, you know, they're getting man-free. So there's a there's two free players in man-free. There's the middle linebacker and there's the safety. So the center is just whoop, right up to the middle linebacker. Everybody else is past it, and then boom, you're taking off. And you got 10 yards before anybody can even sniff you. And then it's a matter of how can I weave suits from traffic or can I step out of bounds? So I watch Jalen Hurts, and ultimately, even though he's running, maybe there's four or five hits that you're like, ooh, that was a little bit, I don't like that one. But are they really any worse than a quarterback that's dropping back in, in pass and getting hit in the, in the, you know, hitting back when the, you know, a protection breaks down? Probably not. So I, I think they're, I think they're finding a balance uh, with these teams that really have these quarterbacks that, that are a threat. So I think that's kind of the difference there. All right. We'll see what uh, happens. Should be another fun week. Uh, have fun calling Green Bay and Chicago. I will definitely do that. Hey, for everybody involved in the Stink Truth podcast, for the uh, great folks over at Bet Rivers, Bet with a Winner, Bet with Bet Rivers. Check them out. Also, stinking good green chili guys. You want some green chili, some queso dip? Check us out online at stinkinggood.com. For Mike, I am Mark. For Millennial Ben, we appreciate you. We'll be back with you next week.